Welcome to episode 35 of Super States, Practices of Transformation, with me, your host, Joshua Peters. Super States explores the overlap of trans states and personal or professional growth. And in every episode, we talk to world-class experts, industry leaders, and revolutionary thinkers who share the latest information, tools, along with their own personal story to inspire us on our journeys. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcast host or on YouTube so you can stay up to date with new episodes. If you enjoy this show, please give me a five-star review. It's really the best way to help the show grow. This week, I chat with Havala Starlight. Havala is a singer, a ceremonialist, and a coach who combines music and deep inner work to transform lives. Havala is passionate about empowering women to heal their traumas and to create positive change in their lives. Sit back, relax, and tune in for Music is Your Medicine with Havala Starlight. Welcome to Super States. I'm here with Havala Starlight. Havala, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Josh. Havala, why don't you start by describing to us what it is that you do and how that makes a difference for people, for either them or even maybe for you? Absolutely. My pleasure. So I am a singer and uh, a ceremonialist and a coach. And I bring together the states of music and inner work to help bring transformative experiences through pe for people in their lives. So basically, it's, it's a combination of intent, using trance-informed um, experiences through music and movement. And uh, that's, that's, the, that's the nuts and bolts of what I'm all about. I, I love that. So using music and movement, is that like dance? It can be dance. It can be clap, like moving to the rhythm of the song. Mm -hmm. it can, sometimes it's shaking. It's like shaking okay. and clearing energetically stuff that we store in our bodies. I mean, I tend to whatever I do, there's just a natural movement incorporated. Well, even when I'm leading a breath work, we'll, we'll you know, put our hands above our heads sure. and back down again while we're breathing. Reminds me of like Qigong exercises of breath and having done that for so many years, I I'll sway back and forth now as I'm breathing and just standing there or a lot of times listening to music, I start just kind of shaking my head as I fall into a trance kind of a state. Exactly. Yeah. It really does help bring you into that, that into your body more and less, less head, more body. We, we exist in our minds so much that it's good yeah. to bring it down a little. <laughs> tell us how you got to this point. Like, tell us uh, about your story. How'd you get here? Okay. Um, you know, in 2012, I was really fascinated by um, by this call for peace because of 9-11. I was in New York when 9-11 when happened. And so in 2012, there was a gathering of shamans in Omega Institute in New, upper, upstate New York. And when I attended, I ended up in a very small classroom of, sh of people, le probably less than 20, and a shaman from the Shwar tribe, which I'd studied about, and John Perkins uh, wrote a book about them and lived with them extensively and became uh, 
a Westerner who, who basically his, that whole personality of, of himself died and he became uh, a new person and started to learn the ways of the Shuar tribe with the understanding and agreement that he would then take what he'd learned out to the world. So I got to meet with him and learn from him that day. And the message I received in that room of small people, uh, one of which was one of the shamans from the Shuar tribe playing this beautiful violin, like a very healing instrument. The message was, you are a shaman. Each of you in this room are a shaman. And I certainly don't go around saying, hey, I'm a shaman. But it just opened, it gave me space to truly be um, passionate about earth-based spiritual practices and what's available working with spirits both seen and unseen and working in those spaces with even with the spirits of the land uh, honoring our earth more and all of the creatures on the earth so it became a really powerful turning point in my life where I decided to truly embrace what I'd always been excited and interested in which was shamanism and out of just just different encounters over the years, I ended up becoming, uh, getting, coming across a group of people who were studying fairy seership, which is a Celtic sort of shamanism with this most amazing man, Orion Foxwood, who's now my dear friend and my teacher of over eight years. And that's when, that's where I really solidified my, my practices and my own internal state. And what I mean by that is that I use my own intention and these ancient practices to clear out baggage, past traumas and hurts, and other people's influence even on my spirit, and just shifted those all out as part of how he works, how how the practices that I learned from him work, and and also working with our ancestors to clear the family lineage. At that same time, I ended up meeting some Siberian shamans um, here in Los Angeles, and studied with them for four years, and they did a lot of feminine clearing and cleaning of the inner state of your being. Uh, so I've spent the last eight years doing that, and now I've been bringing forward the same practices, but in my own unique way, combined with music and, and in sacred ceremony to help others clear their past, clear their traumas, and other people's energies from their bodies and their minds and their spirits, and begin to reclaim their power. And so I do that in space of ceremonies, but we also do it in the space of retreats for women and in a singing out in nature, which is how I grew up. <laughs> and um, and then also coaching. So I offer online group coaching for people that want to go through a transformative experience together. Um, and I also work one on one with people. So those are that's how I. That's in a nutshell <laughs> how yeah. I got from from A to B. I will say a little bit about my my childhood uh, that I think is unique to me. I haven't heard anyone really say this. I'm sure it happens, but I as soon as I left home at, at 18 and went to college and had a moment to kind of reflect on my childhood and where I was heading in my adulthood, I had this strong urge to heal from anything that happened in my childhood that was affecting me now as an adult. And I had a great childhood, but every childhood has its challenges, as we all know. Um, and so I spent time really diving into healing things from the past that were harmful to me right away in my early adulthood. And so healing has always been the lens that I use both for myself, but then also to reflect out to others. And I really believe that when we truly incorporate this healing practice 
and this understanding that we are co-creators with the universe and therefore our, our own healing um, process, that's where true healing begins. And and that's where true healing, um, that's how true healing can occur, is by taking a, an active yeah. practice, an active role in, in your own healing. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, I don't think you can do anything for anyone unless they're ready to take that active role, really, which means take responsibility for your own reality, your own life. True. Very true. <laughs> What's yeah. What has fundamentally changed for you as you've been working with clients and, and really kind of doing this work yourself since you started to where you are now? What has fundamentally changed is that I I have inner peace. Whatever's going on in the outside world, the challenges and all that, it's it's not changing my inner state. Mm -hmm. And I can now do these clearing practices whenever I feel like I'm a little bit off. And it's more often than not other people's energetic influence on me um, or even just too much listening to too much news or doing too much and not taking enough relaxation time. So I've been able to re recalibrate myself more easily now. And that all happened because I was, I was leading world peace ceremonies with um, Patrick McCollum, Starhawk and Orion every year at Pantheacon for like the last five years, our whole focus was on heaven on earth and bringing peace forward. And Orion said something to me that really hit, um, in my heart in a good way. And he just said, you know, the, that if you know peace, then you truly have peace. But if there is no peace, there's no way to have peace inside either. And um, I don't know if that's not, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he, he said it in a very poetic way. And the essence of it was that as you work on your own inner state of peace, that's when, that's the true mastery, right? It's when we can have peace within and not yeah. just try to control what's happening all around outside of us. Um, so it really married the two ways in which I approach life. One is being a co-creator and um, having a say and taking action in my outside life. But the other one and the, the more deeply soul satisfying one has been the inner work that I've experienced through shamanism and, um, and really through self-care practices and self-love. What are some of the most impactful practices that you've developed for yourself? Um, I would say that the most impact impactful ones are actually the ones that I've learned from the Celtic shamanism, uh, the fairy seership with Orion Foxwood. Uh, one is called the call of completion and it is a, a, a sort of a kind of soul retrieval practice. That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. I love it because there's movement, there's song, and um, and intent. So it's all the things that work well for me when reclaiming my power and um, clearing the past. So that's called the call of completion. That one I, I use a lot. Um, what else? I guess the actual basic seed practice is filling my cup first, making sure that I'm giving from a place where I'm not already empty but that I've actually filled my cup first, whether it means just like taking care of my, my body and getting enough rest and eating well, like those are kind of the basics that I always make sure I do. 
And it makes a huge difference is taking care of myself before I then go out and care for others. You ever have a moment when you felt like giving up? Yeah. How'd you get through that? I'm trying to think if I can have a specific idea in my mind. Okay. Okay. I got one. <laughs> yeah. I had a very challenging year. Everything that could go wrong happened and then more bad things happened. And um, so I would say I kind of want to share a little bit about the struggles because I feel like they're, yeah. they can be relatable. Kind of give, us the, um, give us the lead up. Yeah. So, so basically we had taken the leap from moving from New York City to Los Angeles. And my husband and I had two young children at the time. They're older now and we're still in Los Angeles. Um, but moving there, the first place we landed in was not a big, a good, great place um, in terms of the home that we were living in. And there was a mold, but we didn't know it. So I was becoming more and more exhausted and having a whole bunch of health crisis issues and didn't understand why. There was mold growing behind the walls. And, um, and then Renee, my husband, he had a neck injury. And he was paralyzed. <laughs> he he could have been paralyzed if he didn't get surgery right away. So we had to suddenly get him surgery. We were in a very unhealthy environment. We finally figured out it was mold. Then we tried to move. That place fell through. Then we were homeless, but we weren't really on the street homeless. But we were like living out of my my workplace during non-work hours, which was one room. And uh, it was just a lot. We were dragging our kids to Starbucks in the morning to feed them before getting to work. And all that happened. And then our son was in the hospital because he somehow got some vanilla blood poisoning in his system. It was just like everything kept happening. Um, and there was even more. But and there was a moment when I was like, oh, my gosh, can, are you kidding me? Like, when is this going to end? This is just too much. And that was my breaking point of like, you know, wanting to give up. But I, I never really. I never really gave up. I think I'd, I'd done enough inner work already that the mantra my husband and I kept leaning on was, I am bigger than my problems. Hmm. But there were moments when I felt really like, um, am I really bigger than my problems right now? It was definitely a hard place to be. Um, you know, Thankfully to our amazing angel boss who let us stay where I was working and then cousin and sister-in-law, like we were able to, to get through that challenging period. It was only like four months. And then we were back in New York City, living in a, a subletting a place and working for the summer. And within two weeks, we found the place we live in now, which was so similar to the place we stayed in in New York for that summer. So it gave us a chance to recalibrate. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. did a lot of focusing on hypnosis work at that time, actually. Um, it was a, one for love, one for miracles, one for like success. And we just listened to it every day. And we knew we were in this, this kind of flux state being not having our own home or anything. So we focused on our inner state to shift the outer. And as soon as I came to this place and met the landlord, I sat on the rock outside and cried because I knew this was the right place for us. And it was like a tears of release and relief and um, hope also because we didn't know if we had the place yet. All to say that, you know, I we relied on our inner state to overcome the obstacles. And we also were taking action in the real world. Checking Craigslist at the time is actually how I got this place um, that we live in now. And 
So it's I marry a combination of being very action oriented and very internally focused as well when it comes to manifestation and um, kind of fixing <laughs> whatever mm -hmm. is going on that needs to shift. Well, that's a, a great lesson in kind of focusing on what you can control and and letting what you can't control be out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you hear a lot about shamanism in out in the world. Um, what would you say is most misunderstood about that term and this pra these practices? Um, good question. I. I think it's I think in general the media falsely represents uh witchcraft and shamanism and tends to demonize it uh and that's that's definitely not accurate <laughs> um you know there's good people and bad people anywhere and good people and bad people that use whatever their techniques are they use in life to have an influence so I'm not saying there's no bad people that practice either of those practices, but um, there's definitely a misconception that that there's that it's evil, uh, mm -hmm. especially in the media. Now, when I meet with, so yeah, I guess that's all I'll say about that for now. Do you have another question around that same? What is thing? a what do you want people to know to help understand this better? Sure, um, I want them to know that. There's nothing to fear when it comes to doing inner work. No. It's about getting to know ourselves, our spirit. And actually, when we've done inner work, which is to me what shamanism is, then we we have a better access to, to die clean and healthy and comfortably because we, we've already managed our inner landscape. Um, and shamanism is it's basically a, a map, an inner not a map, but it's an inner process for exploring realms that are not necessarily seen with the eye, but felt with the heart and the spirit. And shamanism can work in the lower worlds, the middle and the upper. So um, there's that. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I still, even though I've been studying for a long time, I still don't really consider myself someone who can speak deeply to like what it is and and all that um because i feel like it's a very personally mm. it's a very personal spiritual practice mm -hmm. but what i what i do know are that is that it can make a person who enters into a ceremony and is guided through shamanistic practice can have a very personal experience that's specific to them and their needs and that is what i really like about it it's not an indoctrination experience it's a sure. connecting with self connecting with spirit so you may be led on a shamanic journey to meet your a spirit guide or a sacred animal that carries a certain type of gift or medicine um and it's personal to each person that's attending and that's what i really like about shamanism can you can you describe to us what uh what a ceremony might look like. It's like if, if I was attending this, what would I experience? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So typically um, you might sit, be sitting or laying down with your eyes covered or closed and you'll hear a rhythm of a drum 
it starts uh, one way, like kind of fast, and then it moves to a heartbeat. And there's usually a voice who, you know, from the facilitator, such as myself, who would speak and let you know, okay, we're going to go down through a hole in the, in the ground in, with your mind's eye and go down a tunnel and come out into an open field. And in that open field, a spirit guide will appear and they may have a message for you. So that's kind of like, it's some somewhat verbally driven. And then there's just spaciousness with the drum beat and for you to have your own experience, your own exchange with whatever spirit guide comes. And, and then there's maybe a little bit more verbal guidance from me or the shaman who's leading um, or the ceremonialist who's leading. And then when it's time to bring them back, the drum quickens its pace a little bit just to bring the awareness back to, okay, it's something's changing now. And then the voice would say, okay, it's time to give thanks to the spirit guide and bring yourself back. And you basically, you walk them backwards the way they came there. You bring them back the same way and, mm -hmm. and back into their body, tapping their body and bringing them back to the space. So it's, um, it's fully internal except for just hearing my voice and the drum. And so as I hear that, like that sounds very similar to like a hypnotic experience or uh, something like that, except that there's not necessarily a drum beat that's taking place and tends to be a little bit more guided than that. Mm -hmm. when, when, I, when I think of a shamanic healing, I think of the shaman kind of going in and uh, like if for soul retrieval, for instance, the, and maybe yeah. I'm just wrong about this, but my, in my mind, I imagine the shaman going and finding the pieces of the soul and bringing them back for you. So is that different than what you're talking about? Or is this just some different ways of doing kind of the same thing? I would say that the way you described it is probably more traditional. And it is one of the ways that I was trained, where you actually lay right down next to the person and you both go into the state. Um, and with that, the one that I got trained in, in with that particular practice, yeah, the shaman goes in and sees what they see. And, and there's a specific way that you help bring the spirit fully back into the body. Um, that's very traditional, but I only learned it once and I didn't feel as confident about it. So I haven't been doing that particular practice. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But that is very traditional way to do it for the shaman to do it. I, I think the one of the reasons I don't do it that way is I like, it doesn't quite fit my whole lens of empowering each person to be their own healer. And so that's why I lead them in the way that I do. Sure. Yeah. But that is absolutely so, correct. That is definitely yeah, okay. a traditional way to do so. So it sounds like there's multiple yeah. ways of using this these types of techniques to to help people either heal or to heal themselves. Yeah. And I definitely do take an active role in helping people heal if that's what they're looking for. And they've, they feel called to have me do that with them. I work with shop. I actually work with shakers a lot and mm -hmm. shake around the energy of the body and help shift some of the stuff that's stuck in the cellular, um, in the cells of the body. Uh, so I, every shaman, I think they find their own way and what yeah. their skill sets are specifically. Great. So kind of based on all of your experience, do you have, uh, can you give us a practical way that somebody could use, let's call it one of these super states to improve their life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Well, I mean, I so I have a song that I would love to share that is, a, I, I call it a spirit song or a medicine song because, spirit song because it came to me just out of the blue and medicine song because it's been true medicine for me and for the people that I bring it forward to. And singing brings you naturally into a state of trance. It's a rhythm, it's consistent, it, 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 um, it's repetitive. And when you can really lose yourself in a song and the flow of that, we naturally get into a, a kind of inner trance state. And so I'd love to sing that song for you. Yeah, if, let's uh, hear it. if now's a good time. Okay, so it's called Healing Begins With Me. And I really recommend this for anyone. I wrote this song. It came to me uh, through spirit as a opportunity to, to bring healing forward to, for myself and as well as for others. So I brought it to so many ceremonies through the years. And it goes, healing begins with me. Let it go, let it flow to the river. Let it go, let it flow to the sea. Let it go, let it flow to the ocean. Healing begins with me. And I use this when there's something I'm, I'm holding on to or, or upset about, or even maybe I have a physical ailment. And it's basically, it's the first state of, it's the, it's the pinnacle of saying, I'm ready for this to heal and I'm ready to let this go. And sometimes letting, letting things go can actually just be more about integrating the lesson that that thing has to offer yeah. rather than like getting rid of it, <laughs> just to say. So here's the song. It goes. Let it go, let it flow to the river. Let it go, let it flow to the sea. Let it go, let it flow to the ocean. Healing begins with me. And it just beautiful. repeats. It's beautiful yeah. to sing by the water. Like really great to sing by a river if you're sitting upstream and you let it, you know, maybe you have something, a leaf that you have representing the thing you're letting go of. You can place it in the water and let it flow away from you. Uh, that's yeah. one practice that I, I really like to do when the when I bring women on retreats. And I, I know that you focus a lot on working with women, correct? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what how you like to work with people like what are the types of things that you do to to help mm -hmm. your clients okay absolutely sure um i've always been really too into empowering being an empowering presence uh with my friends and family members and so i finally realized like you know what i should really check out coaching cuz i love to offer support and a safe space for people and I, and i'm a really good listener so i've started coaching the last since 2020 actually and um so i offer coaching let me just clarify, because I think I got ahead of myself. Did you ask me what do I offer, all the different things that I offer? Is that what you asked? I, I was curious. Um, you can share that, but I, but I was actually more interested in like who are the kind of people that you like to work ah, with. Got it. Okay. So I like to work with women who are really passionate about something, and they just want support around implementing them, applying themselves to that. And also being able to be honest and vulnerable about the challenges they're facing, uh, what's coming up for them. And uh, so I work with a combination of mindset, action-oriented um, practices that get people actually taking action towards their dreams. And also um, I bring ceremony as well to the space so that we can we can do things from a, a kind of masculine 
action-oriented perspective and then also that more feminine, passive, working with the subconscious uh, perspective, which is where the ceremonies fit in. So, for example, I lead women groups um, online and we we do a lot of work with action-oriented steps and what's your next step towards your goal and that kind of thing. Then we address and co- with coaching any challenges that come up and frustrations and mindset issues. And then we also lead a ceremony. I lead a ceremony once a month, whether it's a new moon or a full moon, uh, to to move that forward in a more nurturing way. That's going to hold space for the whole process to happen in a loving, transformative and powerful, miraculous way, really, because when you bring when you bring magic and ceremony into things, it, it makes us widen our awareness of what's possible. And that's when we start to invite in what's already lurking and waiting, not lurking, but already waiting for us to invite in. Yeah. But we don't see because we have such small filters of what we think is possible and how we think think things can go. So a lot of what I do is just opening that awareness and creating more space for the miraculous to occur. Uh, Is there anything like say somebody is really resonating with what you're talking about and they're like, I want to do this. Is there any kind of risks that they need to be aware of before they start to explore this, these, this ideas around shamanism or trance? Um, I wouldn't say risks unless they just don't want their life to change at all in any kind of way. <laughs> they want things to stay the same. They can stay safe, even if it's not satisfying, then they should just stay there. Yeah. But if they're so, really like com- committed to some change in their life, they want something different and bigger and more or just deeper and um, more gratifying and satisfying. That's when working with with a coach or even a, doing one on one ceremonies can be really powerful. And so you're in a, uh, I, I know you, you mentioned going to, I think you said Pantheacon, correct? And I, mm-hmm. and I know you do a lot of training. You do a lot of facilitating in these different types of events. You've been involved with uh, others that are pretty well known in that industry. So you've been, a, you've mm-hmm. been around trance work and for a long time. And it only seems to kind of keep becoming more of a thing. Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. making you excited about the future of utilizing these types of super states for personal growth? Oh, such hope. a great question. Yeah. Um, what I'm really excited about is that it's becoming more, more not just acceptable, but people want it. They want to discover and do that inner work. Um, you know, a lot of the times in the, I think so much of our past, everyone has been focused on the outside world, which is important and it's there and it's relevant. Um, but to the detriment of having an inner relationship with oneself and, and that inner work that happens through shamanism is, I think, key and core to us finding inner peace, which in as within, so without, as above, mm-hmm. so below. It's like every wisdom... Uh, prophet and saint who's ever been on this planet has used that expression either in those words or another way. And I really see the truth in it. So I'm excited that people will have the power to do the inner work and start to find that their own sense of peace and well-being is then being reflected also out, outwardly into the world and even into their own communities, their own relationships, their own little families, but possibly, you know, like a ripple effect that all spreads. Yeah. So 
And yeah. so Habla, if somebody wants to learn more about you and, and what you're doing, what's the best way for them to connect? Okay, sure. Um, I will give you a couple of options, give them a couple of options. So havalastarlight.com is my website. And uh, you can go there, you can opt in to the mailing list to get a, self, a free self care guided meditation practice. And then you'll be on my mailing list. So I will send out uh, offerings as they're being made. But you can also just directly email me if you're interested in being in a, a coaching program or booking a healing ceremony one-on-one. -on -one. And my email is transforminglives, L-I-V-E-S, daily at gmail.com. And then I'm on Instagram under Havala Starlight, and I'm on Facebook as well under Havala Starlight on the business page. So those Great. are all I will, uh, many ways. <laughs> I will make sure to have links for all of those, uh, including that uh, including that recording that you mentioned too. And okay, excellent. What is, what's the one, what's the one thing that you want the listening audience to leave with today? Hmm. Let me reflect on that for a moment. I would say that you have the power to heal yourself and it doesn't mean that you don't lean on others or, or gather a team around you, but there is a very specific distinction that I'd like to share with you, uh, which my friend, again, Ryan Foxwood has made such a huge impact on, on me and my life and my healing process. And this is a story that stemmed from something he said to me. Uh, I was still struggling with being sick uh, because of the mold exposure. And I also had candida and he and I was relating to myself is not well. And he said something about, uh, are you docking your boat to uh, a place of wellness or of sickness? And I was definitely identifying with myself as a person who was sick because I was. <laughs> However, mm -hmm. making that distinction to, you know what, I'm going to stop docking my boat to this, this land of being not well and shift it over to this other place of being well. And as soon as I did that, it changed the trajectory of my healing process from just like managing the not wellness to actually taking a lot more steps to be well. And honestly, within two months of that statement and me applying myself, getting a candida specialist to help me uh, manage that, hiring a medical intuitive who could see that I had like this black mold in the back of my neck exposure and she simply told me to go do infrared saunas um, regularly for the next couple of months, which I did. And I was within two months, I felt like a totally different person. I had my energy back and it had been at least two years of being exhausted wow. and not knowing how to get out of that rut. So I leave you with that, um, you know, dock your boat to the dock of wellness and and take those steps to to be well and fill your cup first because nobody giving from an empty place is doing anyone a favor, really. Um, it really, it really is important to take care of ourselves, especially caregivers to take care and fill your cup first. So that's it. That's what I would say. It's like self-love awesome. matters for everyone. <laughs> yeah, for it makes sure. a difference. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Havel. It's really been a fascinating conversation. You're welcome. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you, Josh.